0: Welcome to Conversations with Friends about Church History. I'm Steve Weaver, a Baptist pastor with a Ph.D. in Church History. On this podcast, I want to have conversations with some of my friends who happen to be church historians. We'll talk about how we met, how our lives and academic careers have intersected, and discuss church history. I hope you enjoy these conversations. I certainly will. Okay, good evening. Thank you all for joining us for this uh, live stream. I have the privilege of talking to my friend, Dr. Michael Haken. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to join me this evening and to have this conversation. Uh, I hope you had a blessed Lord's Day. I did. Thank you. Yeah. It's great to be with you. Uh, of course, we want to talk about our friendship. And we have done a number of uh, projects together over the year. But I I was looking at uh, my bookshelf. I have a Dr. Haken section in my uh, book, uh, in my library here. And on a, a few shelves, I've counted dozens. I really lost count. I heard you uh, interviewed recently and wh- you were asked uh, how many books you've written or contributed to. And I think your answer was, I have no idea.
1: Yeah, I don't. Um... Yeah, I don't. Uh, I've got a list uh, of books edited, books written, uh, articles, but um, yeah, it's probably somewhere around 70 books.
0: 70 books. Wow. I have dozens here on my shelf, and uh, they're all a great encouragement, and uh, anyone who's read them has been encouraged and helped uh, by the not only the historical scholarship, but you truly write for the church. Uh, and you equip us well to think about uh, issues that are perennial issues in the history of the church. Now, having written as many books as you've written, uh, it should come as no surprise to anyone. The odds are that I would have had to have contributed or been uh, a uh, participant in some of those books. Just simply, I, probably everybody watching has also been a contributor or participated in some volume that you've been involved with, because you've, uh, that's just where the odds are. But no, seriously, you've uh, we we met. Uh, do you remember how we met?
1: Yeah, I believe we met at uh, the first T4G, which would be 2006, I believe.
0: That's correct. Yep. And
1: so- uh, we'd been corresponding regarding doing a THM, and I, you'll have to tell me how that connection started on email because I forget that. But we mm-hmm. first physically met. I can actually remember the meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, during uh, one of the breaks of T four G, uh, in one of the corridors, uh, where I, w- it wasn't in the Yum Center, then it
0: would have been the Convention Center. The Galton House. It, it was on the, Galt the House. Galt House. It was on that second floor oh. uh, hallway, and they have a little alcove there right. uh, yep. where a couple some couches are. Exactly, I remember uh, that moment. It must have uh, really horrified you. We only corresponded by email, and now you. You meet this uh, Tennessee hillbilly. You hear my uh, <laughs> accent for the first time. Uh, of course, I've had the privilege of hearing your lectures online. Now, I came to know about you through my brother, Jeremy. Of course, you know Jeremy. Uh, he's probably watching or will watch this. Uh, Jeremy uh, had told me about your blog. Uh, and you had a blog that was going in Historia Ecclesiastica. And uh I think that was just done on your own or was that done through Toronto Baptist Seminary? No, it's my own, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, it was when blogs first started, you know. Right. Um so I just I there was a there was a uh, template you could easily use. So
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, like blogger or WordPress or something like that. It was now.
1: WordPress or something like that.
0: Okay, yeah. So anyway, he told me about you. I, w- I had finished my MDiv. I was pastoring in East Tennessee. I wanted to continue studying, uh, but I felt called to stay where I was. So I reached out to you uh, when my after my brother told me about you, and I looked at your website. I saw your role at Toronto Baptist Seminary, and you had a THM program that looked like that uh, could be done uh, through distance. And so we started corresponding uh, about that, and you recommended several topics to me and uh for potential study because i'd asked that question and one of those uh was hercules collins which i eventually uh did some work on uh but that's how that conversation happened uh and then we met when we were at together for the gospel so uh then we met we discussed uh various things about the thm but for those who know dr hake and i'll just say this about him um uh, which is just so impressive about him is that he continues uh, to invest in people. And uh, he would take someone like me uh, unknown and uh, untested and give me a lot of opportunities. You gave me the opportunity to uh, work with you on the volume devoted to the service of the temple, which was uh, selections uh, of the writings of Hercules Collins and uh you remember that series that that was a part of?
1: Yeah, that was um, uh, a series that RHB put out, Reformation Heritage Books and mm-hmm. RHB. RHB is still putting out books in that series, um, more, more recently, <laughs> and uh, Samuel Rutherford, so.
0: You're good. Yeah, so thank you for that opportunity, and that's obviously the first thing I had published, and to be able to do that with you was a tremendous uh, blessing to me. Uh, and we and i that was part of went along with the P, uh, THM studies that i was doing uh with you in fact that was part of, of one of the major assignments to read through all of the works of these collins and mine those for uh those selections and uh so it's privileged to work together with you on that and it helped me get started in a number of ways uh and then we, we were you know you were making the transition to southern seminary around that time 2007 I think you were you' had been adjunct and you came uh, as a full prof- not, uh, probably not the technical term but as a professor uh, actually for the seminary in 2007
1: yeah, I yeah I, I interviewed in 2000 mm. Six actually, so I did come as full professor, um, but it would have been a contractual uh, appointment.
0: Okay, so we were doing the. Uh, so you'd come as professor, and you uh, brought with you the Andrew Fuller Center for Baptist Studies. Uh, you'd had that under the auspices of uh, Toronto Baptist Seminary, something similar, and I think something continues in Canada as well now. I think. Uh, yeah, but- we
1: have a uh, we have an office in Canada. It's now at the. Um, heritage uh seminary and bible college and we do we do two events a year we do a small thing in the spring and we do a bit of a larger thing it's it's one person this uh uh this coming year lord willing if we can gather we're gonna have carolyn weber um who's yes. a c.s lewis scholar and uh she wrote a, a book a kind of a takeoff of lewis uh surprised by oxford about her oh, experience career. yeah, yeah well it's, a good, it's a great book love that book yeah and uh, then uh, next year lord willing we'll have matt boswell okay uh, he's going to come up and he'll and it's it's it's, it's a very low-key thing we do a talk on the friday night a friday night and then saturday there's about 30 35 church leaders are invited to a breakfast mm. a brunch and uh, he'll do another talk there more more focused and do a Q&A and a way of encouraging church leaders. We offer it for free uh, to the church leaders. They don't pay. And oh, so, but now at Southern, we do obviously the big uh, the big conference. Um, mm-hmm. This year was planned. We were going to do Angels, the history of Angels. Uh, because of uh, the whole pandemic, we've uh, scaled it back. And it'll be a, a um, uh, Zoom. Oh. It'll be a Zoom conference. And there'll be five papers. And that um, that we'll do it in one day. That's this fall? Yeah, it'll be September the 25th, Friday, September the 25th. Okay. So we'll have um, uh, a brother named Cornelius uh, Samutz uh, from um, Romania, who will be speaking on Augustine and the Patristic Tradition on Angels. And then David Hogg from um, Christ Baptist Church in North Carolina, Hmm. on um, Aquinas and the medieval tradition, um, and um, uh, Hermann Selderhuis from uh, Appledorn, uh, he's the uh, president of the seminary in Appledorn, uh, in Holland on uh, Calvin and Luther, and then we have uh, Dustin Bench, who by that point, Dustin is still hearing on the states, but you know, taken up his well, he's already started his position as provost of um, Union College of School of Theology of Wales. Right. So he'll be doing something on Edwards and the evangelical tradition, and then finally, um, Tom Nettles will be speaking on Spurgeon and the kind of Baptist, how Baptists <laughs> have thought about
0: angels. Wow, that's an incredible topic, and uh, yeah, from a very different perspective than usually treated, probably. Yeah,
1: I'm hoping. Yeah, and I'm hoping we'll be we'll be able to get a larger audience in some ways because it'll be Zoom and we'll advertise it. There'll be a minimal cost, something like twenty five dollars for the day, and um, so it's 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 just to maintain some continuity. Yeah. Uh, next year, Lord willing, we hope to do the first of three major conferences on the Council of Nicaea, on Nicene Trinitarianism, mm.
0: and uh, we've got a fabulous lineup for 2021, Lord willing. That's fantastic. Those conferences are great. You and I worked together on those for a number of years, Mm -hmm. probably. Uh, Eight or ten years, we were working together on putting those conferences. uh, 2008, maybe, when I started helping you with the Andrew Fuller Center through about 2015, maybe. However many years that is. uh, We worked together. It's a great privilege to put on those conferences. You've always been able to bring in. Some of the uh, best scholars uh, on whichever topic you're addressing, you've been able to bring those in. And it's, uh, it's really, a, in, in many ways, one of a kind academic conference. It's also, I think, valuable to pastors and lay people who are interested in, uh, in digging into these topics.
1: We also- yeah, I don't uh-huh. think uh, none of our but, Baptist right. seminaries, sister seminaries, have anything that is akin to it um fuller seminary has that thing they do out out in california um on applied theology or analytical theology or something like that oliver crisp was pretty big in it Mm. so they have something like that that, you know they do they've done christology pneumatology over the years um but in terms of our geographical locale um there really is nothing comparable and so it's been a great privilege to to have this as an ongoing uh, academic resource available for uh, students and for the church. Um,
0: mm.
1: We normally have you know, about 120 who come to it and um, uh, there's some kind of regulars who look forward to it. So this year will be a bit of a disappointment that we can't gather physically, but uh, we hope that the, the content that'll be delivered via Zoom or te- uh, you know, that sort of technology will be helpful.
0: Yeah, sounds like it will be, and maybe have a wider reach. You've been doing a lot of conferences uh, on Saturdays on various topics. Tell us a, a little bit about that, and uh, how they can, how people can find out more about those.
1: Uh, yeah, these are what you might describe as webinars—a word that I didn't even know probably three or four years ago. Um, <clears throat> and it's a uh, it's a seminar that's done on the web. It's uh, through uh, Zoom technology normally. And um, H&E Publisher, who is a publishing company based out of Peterborough in Ontario, uh, Reformed Baptist uh, Company, uh, they are really kind of doing the hosting. Uh, But I have done a few. I did one with um, Nick Abraham um, and a church in Northern Ohio, uh, not far from Cleveland, um, on Jonathan Edwards. And then did one in, uh, for a larger conference in Peterborough. Um, we had people from Australia, um, uh, Ireland. Um, but yeah, the ones that I've done, I've done two or three now with h uh, and We just finished one on Saturday. We did um, looking at um, the uh, thought of, um, what did we do Saturday? Oh, yeah, the def- defending the doctrine of the Trinity in the fourth century. And then uh, we're doing one at the end of the month on Augustine and the fall of the Roman Empire. How you, oh, wow. how you do theology in cult, a time
0: of cultural collapse. Hmm. That might uh, have some relevance today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about this uh, reading Andrew Fuller? Is that filled up yet?
1: Yeah, that's, that's really like a course. Um, I think I was inspired by, I think it was Crawford Gribbon, I saw is doing something similar with, Uh, some people on reading John Owen Mm -hmm. and I thought yeah I'd I'd love to do this uh, with a group of of people who would be interested so there's about 10 of us and we just did we've done two two times we've met and um, we're going to do 18 sessions in all and an hour on Monday nights Thursday nights all through June and July and we're going to take about um, a dozen texts of Andrew Fuller So this coming week, and we're going to do them chronologically. This coming week, we're looking at his confession of faith. And then we'll look at um, one of of his first sermons, some of his circular letters, like one on on baptism, his sermon on Christian patriotism, dealing with uh, the Napoleonic Wars, and the work all the way to the end where we deal with his uh, circular letter on taking care of orphans and widows of ministers. So um, what I'm doing is distributing... um, questions ahead of time so they read the questions and so it'll be a it'll be a discussion and then discussion of what the text says means how to read it properly but also then you know what application does this have for us
0: today yeah that sounds great I you, uh, those who are participating in that are really blessed by it uh, when I was uh, working I, after I came to work with you at uh, Southern and do uh, really you gave me the opportunity uh, by the way, to do a PhD by allowing me to work with you, the Andrew Fuller Center. Otherwise, it was kind of out of my reach. Uh, and uh, the Lord just opened that door. We were in, uh, it was, I think, 2007. We were in Charleston together at a conference. Yeah. Uh, that may be the second time we met. And uh, it was a great venue for a conference on Baptist history. Uh remember where we were yeah we were, in,
1: yeah we were yeah we were first
0: baptist and
1: yeah. uh, did you give a paper that time or
0: i did i think we i believe we collaborated on a paper yeah yeah we did yeah i, f- I forget what it was uh, it must have
1: been on spirituality baptist spirituality
0: yeah and, and i think i did a uh, volume i think i did a uh,
1: bio on john gill
0: yes you did yeah we uh we had a uh, uh we published a volume of those proceedings and uh so we whatever we did is in that book uh, i have it on the shelf that i can't remember uh, uh, exactly what it was but was
1: that the second time that we met
0: i think that was the second okay. time we met. and then we uh you asked me then to consider coming to southern uh to, to help you with the andrew fuller center and that opened up the door for me to be able to do that and of course changed my life in <laughs> a lot of ways I came to Kentucky and became pastor here at, at uh, in Frankfurt where I've been for 12 years now and uh so just uh, amazing providence how God put that all together and uh thank you for your role in that and
1: uh well yeah you're an enormous help and I think laid a foundation for the centers being able to to do those conferences because logistically I mean it's one thing to you know invite speakers but the logistics were challenging Mm-hmm. And you were an enormous help in that regard and uh, really kind of helped put the conference on the map.
0: Oh, it's so now it's, you know, Dustin Bench has been involved
1: in that in recent days. and um, But you really kind of laid the
0: foundations. Well, it's an honor to, I mean, you think about the people picking up at the airport, David Bevington and, you know, the who's who of Evangelical Thomas Kidd, the who's who of Evangelical... Uh, Historians and uh, Baptist scholars and other, uh, you know, I can name a number of people. I met Stephen Yule through that; he's become a tremendous friend, and so many, uh, so many people that I've uh, been able to build a relationship through uh, that experience. Um, you were uh, one of the first things I owned that you were a part of was a a set of books, the British Particular Baptist series, that Particular Baptists. Press uh has done. And let me see if I can get that up on the screen. Uh now that is in um what? Uh five volumes now. And yeah, there are
1: five volumes. Uh, Ticket particular Baptist Press now has five volumes. Originally it was uh uh projected as three. Oh, lovely. That's yeah, really
0: yeah. So we had the we, we had the 30. Now when I this was, I mean, we're talking 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Um, when I was just learning about you and had an interest in this period, obviously, and I bought the three volumes, the original three volumes. What you see pictured there has the revised volume one. And uh, to me, this was just like, um, almost like a holy grail of uh, of uh, particular Baptist studies. Uh, so beautifully, I mean, they're just beautiful volumes. You can see there, those of you watching. And uh, just very impressive, three volumes, individual essays on figures 17th, 18th, uh, 19th century uh, British particular Baptists. Uh, one of the amazing things, sometimes I'm, I, when I look at these on the shelf, I'm just really uh, amazed. Because uh, you asked me to do, a vo- uh, to do in this revised volume one, uh, a paper, an essay chapter on Hercules Collins, who I did my work on. Uh, under your influence, and uh, uh, just because of how uh, important that series was and how highly esteemed I esteemed those three volumes, uh, that's one of the great honors to be included in an in updated edition of that. So thank you for letting me do that. I think I did you're want welcome. to um, pig it as well. But you're continuing to publish. Uh, the, you know, that's, that's extend, extended out to five volumes now. And uh, you've been the editor of that series, and I think you're done with it now. Are you doing a six-volume on?
1: No, I mean, we we, uh, we did do the five. And the last two, uh, uh, Terry Woliver joined me, um, who's just recently gone to be with the Lord. And uh, uh, Gary Long, the uh, president of Particular Baptist Press, recently contacted me about a number of items. And one was, you know, should we put that on the shelf or try to continue it? And uh, I'm I'm thinking because the volume six was going to deal with 20th century figures and um, I'm thinking that probably we, we need to leave it to the one side at this point. Yeah. So, but the yeah, five exactly. volumes are lovely. They, they particularly have they expressed do a
0: great job. They do. Yeah. That um, uh, Terry Woliver greatly missed um, already and just a tremendous scholar. Uh, I don't was, did he, he, he did not have a PhD or? No, academy.
1: he, he had a, I think he, I know he had a BA in history. He might've had an MA
0: in history, but I don't think so. But in terms of someone who uh, figured out how to get into the sources, do primary source research. Uh, yeah, was he, he was self-taught.
1: Um, he was uh, offered a, uh, an honorary DD through Toronto Baptist Seminary. Um, and, um, it says a lot for, I think, uh, Terry's character. He was very humble and, um, I mean, really very humble and he, he refused it. He, he didn't feel he, he deserved it, yeah. but if anybody deserved it, uh, Terry did because he had, he oh, had no. supremely showed, um, uh, just a skill in, um, <clears throat> in, uh, research and, uh, uh, ability to, to, to kind of tap into various unknown reservoirs of Baptist history
0: and bring out some great treasures yeah and he helped me with that and things I've utilized in my research going forward and uh, you know accessing things like census material and uh, newspapers those kinds of things we're really especially getting some of those untapped sources. sometimes that uh, some of us can kind of skim with a Uh, primary source material of uh, what was written, but not really dig into the social background And he was really helpful in getting to some of that material.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, he was
0: a, he was a very dear brother. Yeah, so um, we, we did, uh, you helped me so much with, uh, when I was going through the PhD program, I had come to study with you and uh, because the seminary was wanting you to focus on supervising in the patristic area because you have a that's where your original training was, you kind of have uh, multiple expertise areas that you've developed over the years in terms of uh, you know evangelical uh, 18th 19th centuries, the uh, British Baptist uh, 18th, 19th century as well as 17th century uh, English Baptist, but your original, Especially was in the Patristic era. That's where you did your doctoral uh, work on Basil, and um, you don't say anything about that, or uh...
1: yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean i I did my doctoral work on the fathers uh, Basil uh, and Athanasius in the fourth century and their pneumatology. <laughs> and um, your subject that you choose in a doctoral degree kind of determines what you'll write and publish on for the next really probably 10 years once you start that degree and the degree takes you know three to five years and then you're really kind of uh in that area or in that niche for three to five more years because if you want to change areas you really have to spend time to getting that another area up so during the 80s i spent most of my time really in patristics i was beginning to uh move into 18th century Baptist thinking. I initially tried to get into the Puritans, um, um, partly because i had become theologically uh, Calvinistic, uh, reformed in the the early 80s, and uh, everybody was talking about the Puritans, so I gravitated there initially. But um, uh, the 18th century, I find uh, much more... Uh, minimal in some ways or more attractive Uh, the 18th century writers are easier to read I think Uh, secondly um, it's a a period of revival Mm. and also the sort of challenges that we have today uh, in terms of intellectual those are really beginning to make their presence felt in the 18th century Um, I mean one may be able to trace back the kind of challenges you know with secularism Uh, prior to the 18th century um, into the 17th century world. But it's really the 18th century that's beginning to have to wrestle with those things. Um, It's a period of revolution, revolutions that have kind of continued all through the 19th into the 20th century. It's a period that wrestles with the fundamental issues regarding human freedom, which is not as much to the fore in the uh, 17th century so all that to say i ended up gravitating towards the 17th century and i remember <clears throat> around a- 1985 picking up some volumes of andrew fuller and i was hooked and um so but when i was hired at southern uh so by the 90s i was really kind of writing uh, pretty heavily in 18th century and i did this book um uh 94 mm-hmm. which really i look back now and i see it as a uh, kind of uh, second phd right in the sort of research That's that how, uh, john john, john,
0: Sut- john sutcliffe uh friend uh, and uh fellow uh early missionary supporting uh particular baptist friend of andrew fuller
1: right so um but when i was hired at southern i was hired to do patristics because they didn't need another 18th century Baptist guy. They, they had Dr. Nettles, who is a world uh, expert in, the, in 18th century Baptist. He had done both sides of the Atlantic. Um, mm-hmm. At that time, they had David Puckett, who was doing, uh, he had gravitated from his research area of Calvin to 18th oh. century William Wilberforce. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm um, trying to think who else would have been there at the time when I was hired. Um, who would have been doing Baptist history.
0: Dr. Wills was doing American oh, Baptist. Oh, right.
1: Yeah, yeah, Dr. Greg Wills. As well. So they didn't need another Baptist historian. What they needed was a patristic scholar because Craig Blazing, who had been there, had gone to be provost at uh, Southwestern. So <clears throat> that's <clears throat> why when you came to so the program, uh, you were asked to study under um, uh, Dr. Nettles.
0: That's right. Well, a uh, patristic scholar is a real... Uh, relatively rare and exclusive in the evangelical world and i think that's changing and a lot of that's due to the uh supervision that you've done of a number of wonderful phd students who've come out of southern uh, who've focused in the patristics and so uh, we're seeing a lot of these guys uh scattered out across uh, evangelical educational institutions now and that's uh, really encouraging to see uh yeah and that's right i came to study with you and uh Thinking I was going to study with you, but the uh, uh, faculty suggested uh, that I study with Dr. Nettles, since that was his area especially, and who can, who can turn down Dr. Nettles uh, okay. as a, a wonderful scholar. He's a wonderful second choice, and he had already long been a hero of mine, mm-hmm. and I uh, loved his work and uh, his books, and uh, so it was a privilege to work with him, but you came right alongside me and uh, helped me every step of the way in, in the Ph.D. Uh, so I, In one sense, I had two uh, supervisors uh, in terms of the help that I received, so thank you. Uh, we, did the, okay. we did a uh, book on, uh, we took uh, one of Hercules Collins, uh, actually his first work, The Catechism, uh, where he revised the Heidelberg Catechism, and we edited that and released it from Reformed Baptist Academic Press uh, made it readable and accessible. And uh, that was a, a treat to work on as well and get that uh, material out. And a lot of churches are using that. I think uh, what I hear, uh, that's still being Good. watched. Good. That's great. There's the cover of that. We yeah. uh, were able to work on that together and uh, just getting some of this 17th century material into, uh, hopefully work is useful uh, for people today. And uh, that's a that's a book that's still, uh, I think I'm going to give away, I, I ordered, I uh, reached out to the publisher recently and my friend Richard Barcelos who oversees Reformed Baptist Academic Press and uh, was able to g- get several volumes, they're on the way now, I'm probably going to give some of those away. So if you guys comment, if you don't have that book and you'd like a copy of it, I'm going to give a couple away uh, here soon, so comment uh, down below. And I'll be glad to get you a copy of that. And uh, you just have to commit that you're gonna you're gonna look at it, you're gonna read it, and I'll be glad to share that with you. It's a it was a fun treat to work on because it's the Baptist revision of the Heidelberg Catechism, which is a Heidelberg Catechism. Uh, if you know that Catechism, one of the most beautiful, uh, encouraging documents coming out of the Reformation period, and uh, Hercules. Fixed it. They, he made it Baptist. He baptized it. And so even better now. <laughs> That's a tremendous thing. So. Uh, here's, here's something you might remember that uh, didn't work on this directly with you. But uh, Ian Clary, uh, one of your former assistants, uh, did the role in Canada like what I did for you at Southern. He and I collaborated together to uh, put together this work and uh, we were able to present that to you. Was that, what year was, was that have been? Uh
1: 2016, maybe? Uh, n-
0: no, that would have been uh, 2013. 2013,
1: wow. Yeah, because uh, that, um, yeah, that
0: was 2013. And we, it was at ETS that year. That's right, in Baltimore. And we surprised okay. you with this uh, volume. You had, uh, okay, you can tell now, it's been seven years. You had no idea, really, that this was going on, right?
1: I had absolutely no idea. Yeah, it was it was a complete, total surprise. My wife and I remember coming down for dinner, yeah. and we were meeting with Austin Walker and his yeah. wife, uh, Mai, uh, for dinner. And yeah. uh, we kind of walked around a corner to where we were going to sit, and lo and behold, there were about 40 people, including <laughs> yourself and Ian. Um Dr. Moeller, Dr. Duncan, was there. Ligand uh, Tom Nettles, yeah, you know, Fred uh, yeah. It was it was it was it was uh, it was quite a surprise. Very humbling.
0: We were uh, we asked people to contribute to this volume, and uh, I don't think anyone said no. One said no. I mean, they were so happy to honor you and contribute to this volume, and the endorsements that we received it 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 really spoke. Obviously, it wasn't about Ian. And uh, or me, it was about uh, the opportunity to honor the scholarship that you've done, and uh, that was a real privilege to get to participate in that, to be a part of that. And uh, that was on your 60th birthday, and Correct. so you've had a few more since then. I'll let the I'll let the viewers do the math and figure that out. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was thinking yeah, about
1: how long how long had you been at work on that?
0: Oh. We'd worked a couple of years on it. Uh, we had gone up to... Uh, amazing
1: you kept it silent for two years. I mean, I I did not hear a peep.
0: Well, we, we had to threaten some people, but Ian and I went... <laughs> I don't know if you ever knew this. We went up to, uh, uh, you know, Alistair Begg's church, Parkside, up in Cleveland. Yeah. they He had a connection there with a staff person. I can't remember the connection. And uh, they allowed us to use a room in their church building and we went up there and met together for a couple of days and worked through some things cool. uh, where we were working on that, uh, editing the volume. So we w- were trying to get on the same page of how we edited. So uh, that was fun. You know, I was, you know, I was thinking about this. I, I didn't even remember all the things we'd uh, contributed to together, but I realized there's a couple of things that are just coming out that we've both been a part of. And uh, you've got, what did you do in this volume? i
1: well, I did a hymn on uh, Charles Wesley's sac, um, his the link between um, the Lord's Table and uh, revival, okay. and so I, I did a and I believe also included in that is the hymn on the uh, that J- uh, Charles Wesley wrote in the 1750s for the conversion of Muslims. Really, I I believe so, but I could be wrong that that one may not be in here.
0: Yeah, I did the uh, chapter on uh, And Can It Be Excellent, and, wow. and that uh, this uh, volume, well in many ways it came out of a PhD seminar that you taught on uh, Puritan and Evangelical uh, Spirituality and Brian uh, Najat I don't want to butcher his name, for, uh was in that class uh, he did a paper uh, I did a paper uh, several others and and that kind of formed the the uh yep the heart of this book and then uh, of course we were able to get some other uh, contributors or they were able chris and brian were able to get some other contributors so it's a really uh i haven't received my copy yet but uh it looks like it's going to be a really nice volume on the agreed on wesley and uh, yep. Yep. uh and then we also one more thing we need to wrap up thanks for your patience and having this conversation tonight uh, we also contributed this and you had a big hand in helping uh, this uh, to go but this this is a volume we were able to uh, honor uh, another friend uh, dr. Don Whitney and uh, Lexham press has taken this and published it and it's a volume called the Spirit of holiness Reflections on biblical spirituality
1: that is that out yet I have not I've not. Have you seen it? Have you got a copy?
0: No, it's not out till September. Okay. You've seen the cover though, right? I have seen the cover. Yeah, it's it's advertised now. It's I mean it's okay. Of, I think you can find it on Amazon. Pre-order it. Okay, and good. You can pre-order from lexington Press, so I'm not breaking any uh, any uh, embargoes or anything here by putting it up. But uh, that's got uh, chapters by Dr. Moeller and uh, Dr. Haken. Dr. what was yours on mine was on uh, spirituality of persecution ah okay a baptist theology of persecution so good uh let's look at 17th century baptist and uh so uh for some reason dr hake let's say uh, i don't know if you can see on the cover but it's uh, contri- uh contributions i can't i can't actually read it but i think it's contributors include albert moeller jr joel becky michael a.g haken Somehow I didn't make the cover on that. I'm not sure how that happened. But <laughs> You're one of the big three, though, in terms of the ones that they knew would make people pick up the book and uh, read it. And uh, so I, I think it's turned out to be a, a good volume. Um, and so we'll look forward to seeing that come out in September. But anyway, it's been a treat to, uh, you know, anybody who, I guess the, the bottom line of this, anybody who knows me, uh, everything, uh, that I've been able to do academically, you can trace back to Dr. Haken, so you can blame him or bless him, but, uh, I, I always want to express my gratitude. Thank you, Dr. Haken. Thank you. Thank you for your friendship. We started out as, uh, email correspondents, and because of your graciousness, became collaborators and then friends and partners in ministry, and, uh, and we, uh, to stay in contact and fellowship uh regularly and thanks for taking the time to have this conversation and have been great memory lane yep it's been what, great what are, very on, nice what are you working on before we uh wrap
1: well up? i'm working on uh, the big project is the andrew fuller works project which is That's another thing uh, we're doing we're together deep. yeah uh yeah you're doing uh, volume 17 in that uh 16 um and that was conceived uh, back probably about 20 years ago. I began to realize that there really was a need for a critical edition of Fuller's works. Uh, mm-hmm. We have three of the volumes out. Um, uh, this one, for example, is the, uh, the Diary of uh, Four. Yep. And um, they're very attractive volumes. And uh, the one that I'm working on is uh, Fuller's uh calvinistic and sicilian systems examined and compared uh dr nettles edited it and um it's a huge volume it's 500 pages in text but over <clears throat> and above that it's uh, five editions came out in fuller's lifetime and the kind of modus operandi that we're using is uh, all of the all of the verbal changes that take place have to be noted so that uh, a student uh, of fuller's thought can just at one glance, can see all of the additions, any sort of changes or um, um, extractions or subtractions or additions that are made all in the footnotes. But that's very time consuming and laborious. So that's the main uh, the main project right now. Um, I have a book with Lexham Press on the Lord's Supper. I'm also being slated to there is a new historical commentary coming out on the Bible, um, dealing with Reformation and post-Reformation thinkers, uh, mostly post-Reformation thinkers. So I have I'm responsible for writing up the notes for Ruth, uh, one two King one two Samuel one two Kings. So oh. it's, it's commentators like Owen Baxter, you know, seventeenth. Uh, early 18th century, kind of what we call um, orthodoxy, reformed orthodoxy and high orthodoxy.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Who's publishing that?
1: Um, uh, Crossway.
0: Okay, wonderful. That's great. Well, thank you for your contributions. Uh, Like we talked about earlier, over probably 70 volumes authored, edited, or uh, contributed to, uh, and then you're still working. And even if you've done nothing else, this uh, project, if you've done none of those 70 volumes, the critical works of Andrew Fuller, I think it's a lifetime accomplishment. And uh, so thank you for that. And uh, I trust that if the Lord carries his return, that will be something that generations will be grateful mm-hmm. for. Yeah. Amen.
1: Thank you. This has been great.
0: Yeah. Thank every blessing. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Conversations with Friends about Church History. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If so, please share with your friends and keep listening.